0: Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Leadership with Kevin and Naomi, International Leadership Trainers, Coaches, and Facilitators. Proudly brought to you by Coca-Cola Peninsula Beverages happening every Monday at 12 on ebizradio.com. For more information, check this out on lunchtimeleadership.co.zain. Joining me all the way from Cape Town, where um, she's not having great weather today, which I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I get very well, thank you. No, the weather's not, it's not cutting uh, weather. It is still cold in Cape Town. Um, I was privileged to see the flowers on the West Coast this weekend. We took a drive up there and it was beautiful. It's out, it's studying with all the water we had. So it's, uh, we had to wait for the sun to come out and about 12 o'clock yesterday afternoon, the sun actually appeared. And uh, we were privileged to then see the flowers. But yeah, today the wind's cold. It's still cold and kept up.
0: Yeah, and in Joburg, we like, yeah, like it feels like summer. I'm like wearing my flower shirt.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, you look very pretty. I still have a scarf and long sleeves and everything.
0: So guys, uh, as you know, Motivational Mondays, and we uh, we've uh, started in the last couple of months, uh, really sticking it to, uh, really giving practical tips and tricks on what we what we do and how we do what we do. Uh, just last week, we followed up with uh, Enneagram. So if you don't know any uh, what that's about, uh, Naomi has shared all her knowledge from uh, being an Enneagram uh, uh, practitioner uh, and really discussing how the Enneagram. Uh, assessment speaks to organizations teams individuals and covering all the nine different types uh, fantastic conversation Omi.
1: fantastic conversation and fantastic feedback i had people already calling me saying hey do you think i'm a this or do you think i'm this i do this am i this <laughs> and i'm like i suggest you do the test you know send me your details and i'll, I'll actually arrange it to do the test the proper test you know there's a lot of online tests it's, I don't want to knock them, but they're not 100% accurate. So get the proper test done and see for yourself. Yeah. So it was a good. It was a good conversation. It was, it was nice. Fantastic. But this, week, but this week, let's talk about stuff that you do outside of the the normal leadership um, development that we do. So, so for those who are listening to us, Kevin and I are both facilitators for and licensees for Leadership Management International, which is an international company, and we do leadership programs that we use their material and their methodology to develop leaders in South Africa. And that's our main core business. Um, over and above that, when we, when we do sit with clients, they often have a need outside of that. And instead of just walking away from it and tell a clients they need to go somewhere else, we like to offer a, a one-stop shop with all the other things that we put into our basket. So if we put our baskets together, there's a whole lot of stuff that we can pick from um, depending on what people need. So, Kev, I looked at your list of stuff that you do, and I want to I want to touch on them one by one. So, so I want to start with resilience. What is resilience, and why would somebody ask for resilience training from you?
0: So, and that's what's so beautiful about about what we do, because we because we work with people. You know, uh, we, there's so many facets. There's so many uh, things that happen in the world uh, that that we have to consider. And when I was, uh, because I'm fortunate to, enough to work with Regenesis Business School, so I, I'm one of their their, their trainers and uh, compile and design content for them. The, the when I had that first um, uh, chat with them about this, they was like, we need something where, especially when COVID, you know, when when COVID started, people were really just they were they they were stuck. They were completely fulfilled with um, or um, filled with uncertainty. Uh, and it really created a whole bunch of um, behaviors associated to debilitating my, my life. Um, from, you know, going from not being able to manage my time to my family, to um, just feeling like you're, you, this, the world is so uncertain to my health, to my loved ones dying, it was just a chaos, as everyone really knows. And the resilience in itself, if we, if we look at the um, uh, what resilience really stands as, um, as an individual, you have the strength to adapt and function in times of adversity, helping you, yourself with negative challenging situations. It's also the capability of dealing with stress and trauma and still keeping one's structure intact, so your own, uh, your own beans about your brain, Um, but also having the ability to cope with the stress and maintain one's own well-being and I think you know last year and even moving into this year one of the recent things that I you know that I've also researched and read about a lot is how and we've also actually discussed it you know how um, how your value system is starts being in question like why am I doing what I'm doing here and you know All of that in itself starts questioning you in a big way. And when that happens, um, that's when you really need the resilience to step into gear and kind of go, how do I start cultivating this? And what does that mean? How do I start showing up? Uh, And what is the active processes I can start um, being part of to to change my own resilience and to start uh, implementing that?
1: I can develop resilience.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So tell
0: me a little bit more about that. How do I do that? So, I mean, one of the things that, um, uh, because I've researched it so much and read about it, one of the things, um, there's an American doctor that actually looked at um, resilience, uh, specifically in kids, and actually came up with a a small formula on how to start looking at um, what you can start developing within yourself. And he calls it the, the seven C's model. Um, and the, the first thing that they look at is competence. So immediately the moment, uh, and we know as NLP practitioners, as uh, working with, with uh, people in, in, in the environments the whole time, the moment I feel competent when I'm doing something, there's something about the way that I handle myself in the situation far better when I, than when I don't feel competent. So immediately uh, it builds a certainty within my environment. That also in itself, competence leads or lends itself to um, your self-efficacy. And self-efficacy, when it comes to confidence, um, which leads to the very next point, is one of the root Cs that we all need to understand how it works and uh, how to implement that. Um, I go through a nice, um, simple practice, and we've also shared this before, that you know, if you have to look at your confidence and sort of say, okay, well, let's see how well you know yourself. Um, and I get people to to draw a circle and they have circles all around their circle and you say, okay, cool. Take those 10 or 12 circles that you have around you um, and write down every single thing you love about yourself and just go write it. You've got five minutes, go. And through the training, invariably people will start and they'll get to like five and then they get to six and they kind of go, well, I don't really know what else I love about myself. And that immediate con- uh, conversation, that brain interruption that you have about yourself, you're kind of going, oh, what does this mean, right? And that's, you know, um, part of what resilience is, is the true reflection of how we cope with how we see life and how we see ourselves. And when, you know, when it comes back to that point of reflection of how do you do you and how do you do you well? Like, if you don't know, how the hell will anyone else know? Right. You can't, if you don't know what your competencies are, if you don't know how to self-develop, um, how are you supposed to move further? How how do you develop yourself from a self-esteem perspective, from a um from a self-assurance perspective when when you're not even sure? So, and then you, you know, I, I usually send them away and kind of go, okay, cool. Now go back and start finding evidence to support. What it is you're competent at. What are your skills? What are you good at? What have you done? What have you? What is your um? What is your past history and uh, all the all the uh, evidence that you have to start supporting that? And suddenly, it becomes a nurturing self-confidence from within, and straight away you step into competence and you're stepping into confidence by just having that self-acknowledgement and and realization for self.
1: You know, while you're talking i'm sitting thinking about a, a, an event i once attended you say draw a circle and draw all the other circles around it makes me think of a of a situation where i went to a, a thing and they passed a toilet roll around and they said just take as much as you want and i looked at all of this and i took one block and everybody was rolling down and taking a whole lot and. When everybody had their stuff they said okay now for every block you took tell us something good about yourself but I was so happy I only had one <laughs> I didn't have to think too much about it because I only had one block and I only I, could, I only had to share one thing um yeah. so you're that and given you're right you know that whole thing about what am I good at or what do I like about myself it's a common thing with with you're not even talking levels of stuff you know I see that when we do leadership yeah. development when they say what are your strong points? And people people can't list that. And I'm like, if you don't know what you're good at, why would I ever employ you if you can't tell me what you're good at? Why would I even go the way of, of telling you what you're good at if you don't acknowledge that? But that's a thing that, that goes through people's lives for a, for, a, for a long period of time until they get to that phase where they actually have this conversation with you and someone like you, where they have to be, you know, they face up to, tell us what you're good at and and give us evidence of that.
0: And also, when you know, you know, there's a sense of confidence that you immediately have and instilled in yourself. But very often, you know, and you kind of have to consider, like, what does the world need right now? We, you, as, as individuals, when you're going out into a corporate world, you need to be able to go, yeah, this is what I'm good at. I'm good at doing this. I'm good at doing this. I'm good at doing this. And be recognized self first before anyone else is going to do that. But it also shows up in that environment. You know, when you're when you're confident in that environment, people notice. And that that really shares itself.
1: Yeah. So so I've seen your in your notes also you talk about um, um setting boundaries. If you don't know what you stand for, you surely you can't set a boundary.
0: Exactly. And that's and that's one of the 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 C's is your character. You know, you look at um, what what is your character? Do you know the, the 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 necessary fundamentals between right and wrong? Do you know what choices there? How do you contribute? How how do you experience yourself with? How do you set up those boundaries? Because one of the key themes that came out of uh, doing a lot of training, and I did this with with one of the big um, insurance companies, is the theme that came out simply because of needing to cultivate resilience was. Um, my manager as, as the person doing the work is taking away from my boundaries or they kept taking away from my boundaries. And it's like, guys, but are you setting up boundaries at all? Yeah. Are you having a conversation? Are you are you calling them in and saying, listen, we need to talk about this like six o'clock answering email situation. I, I have kids, I have a youngsters, I whatever you're doing, school runs, all of these things. And purely based on the fact that you don't, take enough action on your own boundaries or even stand, and we've mentioned this before you know in terms of a boundary doesn't mean to have an argument it's a conversation you know I've also had individuals kind of go yeah but you think of a boundary as this this wall that you have to put between and you're like no it's not a boundary like that's that doesn't need to be the the conversation the, the conversation is this is what I'm okay with and this is why you've employed me um, I want to build a mutual respect between you and I for us to be able to get to where we're going. And boundaries, we is a, it.
1: boundaries is a great great conversation to have, Greg. Uh, Kevin, it's about that saying no. Yeah. Saying no is a boundary. And saying no doesn't mean I just say no to you. No, saying no means the way I explain to you or the way I put this boundary in place of what what is acceptable to me and what's not acceptable to me. You know, I say to girls when they go out, you're entitled to say No. Say yeah. no. That's that's a boundary. And you're entitled to say to your boss, "This doesn't suit me." That's a boundary. Yeah. But people do and battle also, with that
0: yeah. And no is a full sentence. Yeah. You know, you don't really have to explain it further. But in terms of uh, just using the word no, it's okay to say no. This is no. I don't think that's I'm comfortable with it. Uh, but essentially, at least having the cognizance to go. I need to set up my boundaries. I need to do it actively. I need to be involved in those. Because if you're not, people will teach you how to treat them. I want to, you know, I so want to touch
1: on that, that thing. No is a full sentence. Why do people yeah. fear saying no and leave it there? Why do people feel they have to say no because or or justify their no? Why can't people just say no?
0: Yeah, usually I know that I sometimes do that when I go, uh, because I'm probably trying to defend the no for some reason. And then people might think bad of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. And it's we do it instinctively, but you're entitled to say no.
1: It's, it's become the norm to say no with an explanation. I know when, yeah. when my friends say, would you like to go out or would you like to come for supper? And I just say no. They're like shocked. You're like... could you just say no and it's and i I often do that just to shock people i would just say no and not explain but it shocks people they don't it's not acceptable in our in our culture in our in our world we live in to just say no you've got to explain why you say no and i don't think it's always necessary
0: yeah And, and it shouldn't have to be you know sometimes it's okay just to say no and and leave it there i mean i i have that i have that relationship with my brother we we have a strange relationship, but essentially there'll be a moment where I go, I'm like, no, um, no, I just don't want to do it, and he'll go like, okay, well, never mind, then I'll just you know do my own thing, and it should be okay, right? But one of the other Cs that they speak about here yeah, is um, connection. You know, if you look at connection, and part of uh, what I've also been looking at is. The, the World Economic Forum has done some studies showing like what are the stats supporting remote working and how it's influencing remote work. And one of the stats is uh, up to 19%, 19% of the workforce that are working remotely are struggling to work remotely based on the fact that they feel lonely. I get that. I
1: get that. I'm a hugger. I'm
0: a hugger. I hate this. So when you think of resilience again, you know, you're kind of going, connection is so important. You can't just lock yourself in a room, be behind a screen where you're half the time not putting on the screen because you don't want to see your own reflection of you talking to anyone. Uh, You have to have that connection and human beings are built You know, to connect, we're built on emotion and feeling and touch and senses. So, for you to disconnect to that degree uh, is is, it really works against you, especially when you're in an environment where you need to build resilience. And like you say, Naomi, like I'm a I'm an introvert. I don't have to see people for many months. Like I can do with it. But even I am struggling at the moment to kind of go, okay, I'm done with lockdown. I don't, I want to be out. I want to go and I just want to go to a, a nightclub or like, a, like a, a live event and sit there with drunk people and do weird drunk stuff, you know, <laughs> purely based on the fact that we're human, we're connective, you know, and we need that. To our friends, our family, uh, because it also creates a sense of security. Yeah. You know, when I know that person is just there on the other side. I mean, there's a certain study that they, that's that's shown we as individuals, because of remote work, it's great that you're on the other side of the screen. But what makes me feel like you're actually there is the fact that you're responding to me. It's a psychological thing. It's the response that I'm getting from the other individual that makes me feel more connected. Yeah. So you know, it's obvious that you know connection is such a big thing that we need to be able to cope in our in our in our environments.
1: I look at that number, nineteen percent. is Not actually very high, Kev, If you think of it, you know, something yeah. there's a there's a big portion of people that enjoy not being in the office or not. Being with people, I said to someone the other day, our environment has just flipped on its head. When when I was still working in, in an office, us extroverted huggers, feelers, outgoing people loved going to the office, and the poor introverts just had to come to the office. There was no other rule. Everybody had to be at the office. Now right. it's everybody. Now you all stay home, and the introverts are saying, oh, yay, yay for, for COVID, because the first time we did <laughs> what we want, and all these extroverts are, are battling for a change. You know? So... Yeah, you know, I, I think um, I, I struggle with this connection and human interaction thing with, with even the youth sitting behind their computers playing games. I have an 11-year-old grandson, and when I say, why are you sitting there playing games? You should be out with your friends. He says, but my friends are yeah." I'm like, where's your friends? There's no one in the yeah. room. He says, they're yeah, They're in my computer. They're you know, So I battle badly with that stuff. I'm very yeah. much a physical interaction kind of person. I need to touch, feel, hug.
0: I'm, I'm very much a, a tactile kind of person. And so And, you know, to the last three of the, the seven C's that they speak about in resilience is, is contribution, coping and control. You know, when you have that contribution and you kind of go, OK, so what am I? You have a sense of purpose. You know, we, we touch on it often in the leadership programs that like, what is your purpose? What is the point of why you're doing what you're doing? And when you, when you have the sense of, oh, I'm contributing to this company, I'm contributing to this environment, I'm contributing to the church or to a, 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 some community, a place that I am actually have some kind of relationship with, um, the contribution in itself really feels like I'm part of something. And that's why, you know, that, ho- that old saying, no man is an island, you know, it's really true.
1: Yeah. You know, as
0: much as I'm introverted, I need people to live and to – you know, there's, there's a lot that, that you need uh, from, from that human connection and contribution is a big one. Um, And then just um, the coping and control with coping in itself is how do you deal with stress? What, what are you doing? What activities do you do? Um, What can you do? What behaviors can you change? What are micro habits to reinforce how you're doing and um, that you can sort of uh, enable uh, how you cope through stressful times, and then the last with with control is what where is your internal dialogue sitting? Like when something happens to you, is it internally? Can you sort of go okay, let me control my myself here, or does everything externally just massively impact you all the time? Your it's your locus of control. So you know when you when you know that that um, something is a big trigger and you don't have any control over it, and it's outside of you the whole time, a lot of your locus of control is being directed by this thing outside. For us to build rela- uh, resilience, we need to have a strong focus on uh, an internal dialogue and internal locus of control so that we also have more adaptability to kind of go, okay, cool. As much as that's happening on the outside, what am I doing on the inside? And I think people have a very... Often, very have a uh, they have a disconnect between how much influence something outside of you has control of you inside.
1: So, and, and and again, that takes us back to our leadership programs. That that, that yeah. very much EQ based. It's it's yeah. not what happens to you. It's how you how you behave when something happens to you. You know, it's it's really not what happens to you. It really is about what what are you doing when things happen to you. I want to take you back to stress that you just mentioned, okay. I think there's a big question mark in my mind around stress and what causes stress you know everybody thinks it's work that causes stress there's a whole lot of money causes stress our family um, arguments causes there's a whole lot of stuff that causes stress but for me being home and being locked down and not being able to see people caused me stress and I've never stressed in my entire life but I was diagnosed with with underlying stress
0: yeah
1: purely because I couldn't see people
0: But, you know, uh, this is one of the things I also had to figure out the hard way. Um, A year ago, no year ago, two years ago, I was just, I was doing training, flying up and down to Cape Town, doing life and uh, had my my diary packed full of information and I was doing, 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 doing and went to a networking meeting at six o'clock, climbed in the car and felt like I had this strange pain. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And started driving and um had had such a shocking pain um in my chest area that i blacked out in my car and sort of pulled onto the side of the road going oh well i think i'm having a heart attack oh wow! rushed to a hospital and uh eventually got to a hospital um, and eugene came and fetched me and all this stuff and uh, and they did all i was in hospital uh, on all the machinery blood tests and three hours later With absolutely nothing wrong with me coined it down to anxiety stress and anxiety and i was going wow if if that is stress and anxiety doing what we do you kind of go no man obviously i'm not stressed i know how to handle my stress but yet you we um invariably get so caught up in the busyness of our busyness and our busy lives we don't even realize that we're actually experiencing anxiety or stress uh to to any degree so the fact that you you were you know diagnosed with stress going there's something wrong because i'm not actually connecting with people we i uh, you know we still don't know enough about stress no. t- so to to know that exactly how it's gonna run my life or affect my life at the end of the day so to your point yeah.
1: And we're fortunate enough that you and I work with this stuff and we know, I mean, I was—I had blood, high blood pressure, which I've always had. I suffered from low blood pressure. Suddenly I have high blood pressure. I am suffering from underlying stress, which is apparently the killer. Um, and I'm like, okay, so now what? I'm not going to take blood pressure tablets. I'm too young for that. And I've never stressed in my life. So immediately I made a change to my life. You know, I packed my bags and I, I went away. I changed my environment and I made sure I see people. Although it was COVID, I had just I had to go do that. Changed my eating habit, got off the couch, got back into, into training, even, even if I couldn't go to gym, I went back into, into training again and quickly just changed everything for me and, and things went back to normal. But I think that ability to make the changes necessary to live your life, I don't think everybody's got that.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, also when you're having a conversation like this, it kind of goes like, yeah, that's easy to talk about. It, like, you know, yeah, you need to build resilience. You need to be, you know, cope with your stress, obviously. Um, but one of the things that, that I've noticeably, I've actually written an article about is we are we are not as certain about our uncertainty as we think we are. Yeah. And we, when you just wrap your brain around the fact that you kind of go, okay, cool. What we know, what we're absolutely certain about is there is a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty on how, what's going to happen to the the, the climate of the, the current climate in, in um, uh, in the economy of our, our country, what's going to be happening to how remote work is going to change things? What does that mean? There's so much uncertainty, but what we can be certain of is that there's uncertainty. Yeah, sure. uh, and I think uh, it 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 speaks to one of the concepts that I learned many moons ago is radical acceptance. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Mm-hmm. Radical acceptance, and I I was thinking today, if you would explain radical acceptance um, in a a metaphor, it would be like like a piece of string that is your life, and you suddenly uh, uh, tie a knot in your string, and you just pull it straight, and there's now a knot. And you're like, okay, cool, there's a knot, that's it. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. That is in, in turn or in, in a sense uh, how you can explain radical acceptance. And the moment you get your brain wrapped around the radical acceptance of the thing that's, that's here now that you don't like, you kind of go, okay, cool. Now you have one piece of string that's got a bump in it. How do you get to further on your string? How do you use this string? Um, because I think, you know, in terms of uh, coming back to resilience again, when we just get our minds wrapped around, what am I doing about? It? what what do I have control over? And you know uh, even I mean the the anti vaxxers and all these people <laughs> that we've spoken about, you know and you kind of go uh, my my point to this whole anti vaxxing is like what would be the point? Like, like what, Like what? there was vaccinations for so many things already. What would be the point of that? Suddenly they had this vaccine, like a vaccine that was going to control DNA or I don't know what, whatever. You can't, when you just get to radical acceptance and you've got, okay, cool. That's, this is life. How uh, adaptable am I to the circumstance and this degree? Because then it speaks to the resilience of me and the capability of what I'm doing and it takes your whole focus away from oh, this this, you know, this brain vaccine thing that's changing the world. I don't know.
1: So Kim, I I have strong opinions about that. So that's why I'm so quiet, because I don't want to get into this because I'll 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 be unpopular with certain people if I start going on about this. But I I often believe that there's oh, I really do believe that there's people that are just Going sideways. No matter what happens in life, if it's yeah. if it's this way, they go sideways. They have no reason to do so. They just want to do that. I also want to, I want to permit myself the the, the 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 approval to say those people are the ones that's got the least amount of resilience in their lives because they always blame other stuff, because they won't conform, because they're not normal. They they consider themselves being different. They find yep. love, life quite difficult at times. And I, for the one, I'm not a sheep. I, I, I don't follow. I've never, <laughs> I've never followed in my life. You know, I've always been the front runner. But I do believe that I've, that I've got common sense to understand what's right and wrong. And I have common sense to go investigate if I don't know, to get to the, to the, to the bottom of stuff. And then when I've made my mind up, I run ahead and I, and I lead. That's just what I do. I don't have to go sideways to be different. I'm different in the fact that I lead with with, with, with what I do. But I yeah. think I think I think a lot of people will never actually create resilience because of what goes on in their minds.
0: And and that's the thing. That's exactly the point that's t- that you've just touched on now. It's what's going on in your mind. Yeah. Because so even anti-vaxxers,
1: yeah. tell me why you don't want to vaccinate. And then yeah. the, the the stories I have to hear, I can just sit back. And not get into an argument and saying, I'm very surprised that a clever person can be so stupid.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and that's the nicest way I can say it, you know. Um,
0: yeah. But it's true. Like, like, no, I always, and I don't know if everyone always any ever gets it. But right now, you're sitting in that room over there. Nothing is happening to you. I'm sitting in this room and nothing is happening. COVID's not happening to me. I'm here. I'm right here now doing this thing. There is nothing happening to you. Right? So the fact that you've consumed the information that you consume, you have to really, as a person, as an individual, you have to consider what does resilience mean in my life for me. Yeah. And if if this is X Y and Z, how am I doing that? How am I how am I coping? How am I uh, competencies? How am I educating myself about me? So what, is I, self-talk? what is the self
1: talk? What is the self talk of that person that's forever taking the low road or the side road? What's the self talk of that?
0: And on on self talk, guys, if you don't know what self talk is, we often refer to it as. As that little voice in your head. And that little voice goes, What little voice? It's like that little voice that just asked, What's that little voice?
1: And now no one's confused, (laughs) Kev. But
0: that is, it's your self-talk. And I mean, I I have a strange analogy to share now. This guy's I don't recommend this to anyone. This is just my recommendation that I use for myself. Is we very often, because we are so associated to our own minds and our own thought processes we are consumed by that emotion. And the moment you have a disassociative approach to the emotion, um, it's a little bit easier to, you know, in in NLP and hypnosis, we learn about the disassociation and how you disassociate from the meaning and from the moment and from the emotion. One of the, I was again on TikTok doing my usual TikToking and looking at what TikTok's doing. And the psychologist shared an idea of, why don't you just name your brain? name your brain so you can talk to your brain. And I was like, wow, if that was true, if that was like a a way to deal with emotional stuff, what would I name my brain? And I kind of was like, maybe his name was Luke or Wilson or whatever. And he's like, no, no. (laughs) And my brain answered me. That self-talk was going, no, that's not my name. (laughs) And The name Proctor came out of like nowhere. It's like, your name's Proctor. I was like, Proctor, that's your name. And it's a, it's a, it's a crazy little thing but you know having that self talk is so important because again coming back to self confidence self esteem in itself if you if you look at the gist of what that is is how do you cultivate the conversation you're having with yourself that's why self is in the word self esteem you know your esteem is built with how you see yourself and and to your point um proctor and i get along like like a house on fire (laughs) we are there we are building this resilience and we have lots of conversation about i just i uh, just
1: want to warn our audience (laughs) (laughs) when we talk about the self-talk and our little voice in the head we're not talking about the alter ego and we're not talking about that little voice in the head that when you had out when you went out for a night on the town And you get to the meeting the next morning and you ask the people in the room, can you also hear it? And they say, what? And you say, this little man playing the drums in my head. It's not that (laughs) man that we're talking
0: about. (laughs) Exactly. And also, you know, know, a a lesson to be learned from this, Naomi, is um, very often when you when you find your self-esteem and when you find that voice that you that's your reliant self, that's that's protective of you. um, It's it doesn't negate you. You know, uh, one of the things that's, that's, um, it will always self-protect. So it always wants to keep you safe, but your self-esteem in itself. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, videos I've seen as well is that little voice that keeps putting you down. Someone put that voice there, like your parent and your this and you're that. And, you know, so bringing it back to resilience, again, you have to kind of go, uh, where am I in this, this 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 conversation with myself? I mean, I, I did a process with a coaching client just recently. Uh, she was talking, and she's going through some really difficult stuff. Uh, and she was she was saying all the things that that I like. I was reading deeper into this. I was like, but what about this? And what about this? And, and really trying to chunk out her information. And eventually, I said, Who's the one that said this to you? And in a blink of an eye, she went, is my grandmother. And I was like, okay, so now you know where that came from, right? And again, you know, as individuals going through a process where you want to cultivate your confidence, your self-talk, your individualism, your your capability of self-control, all of that information, you have to distinguish what is your voice and How are you building that resilience? Because if if you're relying on someone's opinion or someone because they were important to you or they are important to you, um, yet they aren't fanning your flame, um, you have to question whether that's the voice to follow.
1: They often talk about the voices in your head. They don't talk about it singularly, but they're they're plural. The voices in your head reminds me of the story with the two wolves fighting two wolves in yeah. your body fighting and the little boy says but dad which one will win and he says um the one you feed
0: yeah so which so. which
1: voice are you feeding and and what are you feeding it you know i think that's very important to, re- to remember
0: and i think you know t- to add to that memory is um emotions i always you know emotions uh we know that you know your 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 heart. Your head brain, your heart brain, and your gut brain, uh, there are three intelligence in your body, and there's a whole bunch of science to to substantiate this. Uh, But we also have to recognize that feeling that you get from a different space in your body, and recognize there's an emotional connection that you might have to it, and know that it's there for a reason. And if you're uneasy, and if you're unsure, acknowledge that voice, because uh, your, your nervous system, we, there's, you know, the, the amount of information that's out there, we barely know enough to know that how this nervous system actually works or how much your brain is capable of doing. Um, so, you know, um, one of the doctors, I'm fortunate to be part of the neuroscience for business, um, MIT program, uh, as one of the assessors, and I get exposed to this information all the time from a neuroscience perspective. And, uh, you know, you have neuroscientists on the calls, on the the interviews, speaking about intuition, yeah. and kind of going, this is not a, this is not a thing anymore. It's not someone just saying, you know, it's an old wives' tale. There's wonderful science to substantiate why we have intuition yeah. and how we should listen to it.
1: Yeah, very That's strong right. on my intuition, very strong on my gut. If my gut tells me it's not lacquer, it's not lacquer. I, I very much um, are very based on um, what my gut's telling me. Follow quite a bit of that. Um, not as not as good with my with my head. My heart's um sometimes mm. also driving the force. But you know, you're right. You know, I I do take decisions based on the head decision, which I really think it through and I make a decision, or it's a gut feel. I'll meet people and it. It's just this 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 vibe, you know. You, my gut's telling me don't trust this person, and I've probably been wrong about things like that. But I also carry yeah. my heart on my sleeve, you know. People know how I feel, emotions that uh, I can cry when I'm when I'm happy, I cry when I'm sad, and I it's it's emotional um, roller coaster for me, very easily, very easily. So you know, again, we speak about all this stuff and resilience, and 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 a lot of stuff that people can just listen to. It was just nice chat, but at the end of the day. I think what we need to, to focus on is the fact that every one of us with all the stuff going on show up in a workplace the way we are. And and, and if, if it's not in a good way, there's stuff we can do to fix it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where we are today. You know, are you resilient? If you're not resilient, go get help. Phone Kevin. Yeah. Say, hey, I need to I need to find out how to build resilience.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like to that point, yeah, there's, there's, I, I have a whole set of questions and uh, a whole bunch of research, and there's, there's little questions you can ask yourself. And a simple rating from zero to 10, and zero obviously being, yeah, no, I'm not meeting this criteria, and then meeting it. So, am I in a good mood most of the time? So, if you, if you, if you're going, no, mine's sitting at about a two, that should be a, like an alarm bell, right? So,
1: the indicator,
0: um, yeah. The complete indicator. I think well of myself, and I like who I am inside. You know, you you would think that that's an obvious thing, but when you, the immediate response to that, if you're not rating yourself at an eight or a nine, you're kind of going, how am I doing here? How am I doing? Um, I'm going to give like just three more. Is um, I find it difficult. Uh, difficult time. Don't change the way I believe about myself. So, you know, often people go through that difficult time and suddenly because of the difficult time, they now, it means X, Y, and Z. They've given it meaning. And if you have, you've got to kind of question yourself, well, um, how am I doing here?
1: I often, Uh, on that uh, if I interrupt you on that, I would always say to someone, if they're telling me, this is really such a bad thing in my life, I would say, is it a bad day or is it a bad life?
0: Yeah, exactly. And exactly the point. Yeah. Because then we, we we give it such meaning that from that day onwards, it now equals yeah. something. Yeah. And it doesn't need to. It can yeah. just be today is the day that I'm having this bad day or this week for that matter. Yeah. And after that week, it will change. Um, I'm good at reaching out and connecting with people. Like, you know, how good are you at that? Like, how do you rate yourself? I usually try and solve my problems.
1: So what would, what would introverts that don't reach out, what would they, would they ever get a high mark on that?
0: They, they would reach out to people that matter to them.
1: So, for that me, just so you can prove the point. It's not necessarily to strangers. It could be the yeah. same person that you always reach out to. But I think everybody should have, I mean, I have a person and I don't have one person. I have a person for certain things in my life. You know, I have one person that I go to about my social stuff. I've got I've got you that I go to for my business stuff, and I've got someone else that I go to for my sporty stuff. You know, so I've got a person that I can reach out to.
0: Yeah, and I, what I'll do is um, I'll I'll uh, pull this into a PDF, and we'll I'll we'll share a link on the website, guys. If you want to go and check out a list of questions, uh, I think there's about twenty of them, twenty or twenty five of these questions that you can literally go through and give yourself a bit of a rating and kind of go, how am I doing with my own resilience? How am I doing? Am I coping? Am I getting to where I want to go? Uh, And then just, yeah, it's it's a quick little uh, self-assessment that you can actually do um, that will really give you an indicator of whether things are really running awry or you actually coping.
1: And if you're an HR partner or a, or a, or a executive or a, a business owner, Pull this off let just start fill it in see what's happening within your business
0: yeah and that's such a good idea Naomi, that you know the, the having that clear indicator of going guys let's see how we're doing as a team you know uh, often people because people show up at work and people are online they assume no everything's fine people are fine and now that
1: people don't show up, given and everybody's at home, I don't, I don't think the execs and the, and, the, and the leaders really know what's going on with their stock. I, I stand to be corrected, but I really honestly believe that there's very little knowledge about what's going on in business with people right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, if you want to go and check that out, go and check it out on lunchtimeleadership.co.za. You can just click on it. It'll open uh, in your in your browser and you can actually download it and have a look at those, those questions and uh, uh, find out more about your own resilience. Um, if you want to connect with us, go and see us on or check out our social medias. We try and be as active as possible. Uh, we always also have some uh, testimonials happening or uh, I know, Naomi, you said the, the vision boards the other day. <laughs> it's so awesome to see that the guys are, like, gone well, to say such, such extremes and doing stuff. Yeah, but social media is uh, at Coach by Design and uh, Leadership by Design myself. And, guys, this is Lunchtime Leadership, Adding Value to People's Lives, happening every Monday at 12 on Ebers radio. And, uh, Naomi, thanks for t- today's chat.
1: Kevin, thank you. Thanks for talking to us about resilience and and keeping me a little bit more knowledge about resilience. You know, sometimes Thanks. sometimes we forget that um, we are a continuous learning process. And, and today was very interesting for me. Thank you very much for that. Take care, everybody.
0: Chat soon. Bye. Cheers for now.